The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. That's right. You heard it. This is the College Basketball Dream Preview Edition number eight. The week before, let's call it the smaller conference tournament action here. We'll get you covered here on this podcast covering you all the big games coming up on Saturday and Sunday. Of course, we have three best bets coming your way. And I'll tell you what, maybe the strongest play we've had since we've been doing these podcasts, not only is this play a double like, but it's also a best bet for A.J. Hoffman. Stay tuned for that one. But first, before we talk the upcoming games, we always got to do a recap here on the Dream Preview. We have to. We have to. We have to. I'll lead it off. I'm Brad Powers. I got fortunate with Villanova. That line got a little hefty, I'll say price-wise. Open three and a half, got bet up to five and a half. And I'll tell you what, I needed a couple last-second free throws to get the job done there. Now my best bet record's five and two. And we'll let AJ go, and then I'll talk a little bets me and AJ had. AJ, how'd you do, brother? Uh, I did not do well. Lost my best bet on VCU, who was up 14 at halftime and completely changed the way they played in the second half. Uh, Did not have the same goal in mind as I did, and they only won by six points instead of the 11 that I had hoped for. Sleepy. Best bet. How'd you do, brother? Kansas State winner. You guys liked them? Kansas, not Kansas State. Kansas. Kansas. Oh, yeah. Beat Kansas State. Yeah, we talked you into Kansas. I think you're giving a little preview to what's in store for a best bet on this podcast, Sleepy. So you you, you won there with Kansas. Did he win there? They needed it like blood. AJ, d- d- correct me if I'm wrong. Did we have a bet on Syracuse, North Carolina? Uh, I think yes, we did. You did. We did? You took Syracuse. I took Syracuse. Yep. And did we have a bet on Duke, yep, Virginia yep. Tech, Duke without Zion? Yeah. You dominated me this week. All right. Just... Yeah, I'm, I didn't have to say it. I just was throwing that out you, there. No, you, you dominated me. It's funny. When I win, I, I haven't been rubbing my wins in your face. And I, I feel like what? our head-to-head bets, I've been killing you. And then all of a sudden, I have one bad week, and you're all over me. Well, that's how we do it here. Now, I'll tell you, if you were in studio, I would probably not be acting this way. Uh, we I have met start, one another, start. and I could <laughs> safely say I would lay if it was a fight and I was putting up odds. I mean, I don't know if I could go high enough here in Vegas. I'm, I would say that... Uh, that I, I'm going to have to start being more of a bully when I win. There you go. The, uh, yeah, that's what. And, and you know what? You'll warm up to it. I, I think RJ's wearing off on me because I get bullied for four hours a week on the other podcast. That maybe I, I flex my muscles a little bit too much here. So I apologize I'm for that. A winner, not a loser. Exactly. At least this <laughs> week I was. We'll see. You're only as good as your your latest pick. And, and to be perfectly oh, frank, tell me about it. premium pick uh, tonight, As we're because we're always taping this, guys, for you listeners. We tape it on Thursday evening to get you ready so we can get this up on Friday morning first thing so you're ready to go for the weekend. And uh, premium picks, I did not do well tonight. I had Wichita State, and uh, they came up a little short on the scoreboard there by a bucket. So uh, you're only as good as your last play. It is a marathon, not a sprint. And speaking of that, showtime! Woo! All right, let's get into the games here. Saturday action, early start time. NC State's at number 18, Florida State. We'll project the line. Florida State is six point home favorite. Looks like AJ and myself are going to have a little disagreement here. Who do you lean with in this one, AJ? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning with the Wolfpack. Uh, the, the ACC is interesting in the middle, an, an interesting second tier. And these teams both obviously jockeying for position in that second tier. And, and Florida State, they're 8-1 and one straight up in their last nine, 6-3 and three against the spread. They're, since they're the three-game murderer's row where uh, North Carolina State lost to Virginia, Virginia Tech, and North Carolina, Wolfpack's 4-1 and one straight up and against the spread in their last five. So... Uh, one of the things I like about NC State, they force the 13th most turnovers per game in the country, and Florida State turns it over the second most in the ACC. They're a willing dance partner there. They're one of the only teams in the ACC that Florida State doesn't have a, a big bench advantage over, uh, good depth on both teams. And Florida State also, Virginia Tech on deck, while North Carolina State, their schedule's a little more friendly. They're sandwiching the, the Seminoles team between Wake Forest and Georgia Tech. So it's a better. I feel like George or uh, that North Carolina State's. This is that. This is their focus game. This is their big game. They're four and two against the spread as an underdog this year. The Knolls just five and eight as a home favorite. So it's a lean for me on North Carolina State plus the six. Yeah, and it's just a lean for me. I'm on the opposite side. I'm on Florida State minus six. Here's what I'm seeing from the Knolls. I mean, AJ mentioned it. They've been relatively good. In fact, their last ten games are nine and one. Uh, they have gotten a little pricey, failed to cover their last two. That's usually what happens this time of year when, when you're on a streak here. One thing I do like about Florida State is actually two things. I, I mean, the Knowles have been pretty dynamite at home. I mean, they're 14-1 and one straight up. The one loss was a buzzer beater to Duke. So, I mean, they easily could be unbeaten at home. Uh, they have the height advantage here like Florida State does over most teams. Uh, they're the, the 13th tallest team as far as average height goes in the country. NC State's about average if you go you spread it out nationally among the thir- 353 teams. So those are a couple advantages for Florida State there. Uh, just a lean only for me on the Knolls, though, at minus six. AJ's right as far as the, the middle of the ACC. A little bit of inconsistencies. I, I just think I've seen a little bit better ball of the Florida State here, at least over a 10-game sample size. But not necessarily. I'll tell you, the last couple games haven't been a good look. I mean, North Carolina game. Uh, was a blowout loss, and they had to fight uh, tooth and nail against a Notre Dame team that's been really trending downward. So, you know, we'll see. I'm anxious to see what the line is, if there's overreaction to what Florida State's just done the last couple of games or they expanded out to, to at least give credit to Florida State over the last 10 games. Any closing thoughts on this one, AJ? No, this was one of the tougher games for me. I kind of flip-flopped back and forth on it. I think these two teams, I mean, that number seems right about at where it should be. Uh, so not not a strong feel either way on this one. Yeah, and for the new listeners, because I get it, this will be the first one in the month of March, and I, there's a lot of people in the marketplace after the Super Bowl take a couple weeks off the betting scene, and then they start amping it up. Here's how we come up with a projected line. Obviously, I use my power rings. They're kind of the, the final deciding factor. We use Ken Pomeroy's a significant factor in the college basketball betting marketplace. Also use Jeff Sagarin to, a little bit there. Uh, for most of these teams, because we're doing the bigger games, uh, I think if you averaged out all teams in college basketball, I think home courts were three, three and a half. But since we're doing the, the elite of the elite more often than not on these podcasts, uh, and some of these bigger games, I think the home court advantage is closer to four. So that's how we're coming up with power ratings and projected lines on this one. Again, recapping it, lean NC State plus six for AJ Lean. Florida State minus six for Brad Powers. Anything on this one, Sleepy? Nope. All right, let's move ahead to a big game. It's I'm shocked it's an early start time. That actually might be a disadvantage. It's not a night game. You can't get some extra tailgating going on. Number four, Kentucky 
at number seven, Tennessee. And we actually, me and Sleepy have a crossfire here. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll lead this one off. I like Tennessee minus two. And keep in mind, a couple of podcasts ago, I liked Kentucky big time in that one. In fact, it, 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 we had a lot of likes on, on the Kentucky side there. Look, that obviously, bet. that was your best bet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. L- let me tell you, I mean, recapping it, I mean, Kentucky dominated the game. And no question about it. I mean, Tennessee could not stop P.J. Washington, and that's the biggest question mark I have. Here's what I will say on Tennessee. It's obvious. They've only played t- two top 30 teams since December 9th. They've gone 0-2. Although I'll say the Kentucky and LSU games were both on the road at home. Tennessee is a perfect 16-0 and this year. And Tennessee's had recent success at home against a good Kentucky team, the class of the SEC. Tennessee's won and covered three straight at home against the Volunteers. Clearly, Kentucky was looking ahead to this one earlier this week. They had to rally to beat Arkansas as a huge favorite early. So uh, you got to take into account for that one. To me... I just, we finally, for the first time in probably three weeks, have Tennessee. We can buy them low. I mean, they they failed to cover the number five straight times. Reed Travis is out for Kentucky, although the replacements have looked quite good for him. He did play in the earlier matchup from a couple weeks ago. I'm going to like Kentucky. I just think it's a home run spot with revenge, laying a really short number here. I'll take the Vols as a like minus two. Before I get to AJ for the tiebreaker, Sleepy, you like Kentucky. Yeah, I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna take Kentucky here. They had no answer for Washington. I mean, I could understand if Tennessee kind of slowed him down and made them do something else to beat them, but they did absolutely nothing, Tennessee, to to really slow down Washington. I think that's one factor. But another factor is, you know, I've been watching Tennessee probably like the last three or four games, and they look like they might be the team that's struggling the most in the SEC. And Kentucky looks like they're the team that's really improved in playing the best. So with that factor, and and the line obviously is low. I think Kentucky could probably go ahead and win this game outright. And if they were laying points, I feel comfortable that they would even cover a spread, maybe two points. I'll take Kentucky here. I feel pretty strong with them. I'm only going to give out likes on, on the podcast. No more leans for me. I'll take Kentucky here. If you like it, it means this. Bet between me and Sleepy. How about you break the tiebreaker, AJ? Yeah, I got bad news for you then, Brad. I'm I'm gonna like Kentucky is or I'm gonna lean to Kentucky. I don't have a I don't have a, a real solid feel on it, but I lean Kentucky plus two here. Uh Tennessee obviously it's a big revenge spot for them and Kentucky pulled away in the second half of that game. I think they just wore wore them down. The more physical team wore them down. And the Reed Travis thing, Reed Travis was okay on offense in that game. Eight points, eleven rebounds. Had a serious a pretty good game, but he was a, a big time contributor defensively. He was the guy that they had on Grant Williams, and Grant Williams scored 16 points in that game on four shots. And Grant Williams, the defending SEC wow. Player of the Year, uh, he only took one shot in the second half. The defending SEC Player of the Year took one shot in the second half because Reed Travis played such good defense on him. The guys that are replacing him are EJ Montgomery and Nick Richards is who it's looked like. And Montgomery started against uh, Auburn and Arkansas. He, he played well in the Auburn game. Started to struggle a little bit in the Arkansas game, and Nick Richards came in. Nick Richards is a, a seven-foot freshman, just a, a really big guy, and he came in 15 rebounds and three blocks in that Arkansas game during the comeback. Keldon Johnson's done a good job on the boards without Travis there, too. He, he's doubling his his rebounding output over the last couple games. 
And like you said, P.J. Washington was just so much in that first game. I think it continues here. Kyle Alexander fouled out four minutes into the second half, and the Vols just don't have enough front court depth to keep up in a physical game. And I, I think it's it's closer than the first game uh, because I don't expect the Vols to be as, as horrible as they were from outside in the first game. But, but I just think Kentucky's the better team and the more battle-tested team. I keep going back to what is – Tennessee's best win in conference play, and it's over Florida. And I, I can't get excited about that. About the, oh wow, you beat Florida. That's your that's your best win in conference. And they struggled against Ole Miss. And I had asked you what what you know I asked you I think before the podcast last time what the number would be on Ole Miss and Tennessee because I wanted Ole Miss. And uh, they they sure enough Tennessee didn't play their best game against that team. Almost and lost. I, all right. I, almost did. And I, did I, I just that? feel like this. Did you see the closing of that? The, the yeah, throwing I did. stuff on the floor. I mean, it was <laughs> yeah. a, I've never seen a reaction to that. It was by far the right call. It was an easy call. It was clearly yeah. a charge. Yeah, unbelievable. But, at the end, but it it just it just feels like Kentucky is. Yeah. It, it, it just feels like they're the stronger team. And if you ask me, you know, where these like if you were ranking these teams, where you think they've got, where would you put them in futures markets or favorites to win the championship? I I think Kentucky's in my top three. And I think Tennessee might have – they might be in my, you know, 8 to 10 range at this mm, point. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the the record is there, but they just have not been battle-tested. You say three, who would be one and two? Probably Gonzaga and, and Duke. All right. So you, ta- you would but take I, Kentucky right now over Virginia? Uh, Virginia's probably four. Okay. So when, last, week, last week when we talked about – uh, RJ had tweeted out, you know, if you could have a, a ticket with any three teams or a ticket with Duke, what would you take? And I was like, I, nine times out of ten, I'd take that Gonzaga, Kentucky, Virginia ticket over a Duke ticket. Real quick, and I'll get to you, Sleepy. Uh, and, and you can comment on this, Sleepy. If Kentucky wins this, and obviously I hope they don't. I like Tennessee, but, you know, Sleepy likes Kentucky, and AJ leans with Kentucky. Kentucky wins this. Are they almost borderline getting to the point where they're locking up a number one seed at this point? I think so. I mean, it would take a a really bad collapse down the stretch for them not to. I would think so. I mean, they'd have I, to I'm, lose two, three games, and I mean, I, I just don't. If they win this game, I mean, I think they're putting themselves clearly. I think they're on the one line right now. I think Duke, Virginia, Gonzaga, and Kentucky are on the one line right now. And if Kentucky gets another win here, I mean, let, let's look at this Kentucky team. Well, I mean. I mean Go ahead. Going forward, they're at Ole Miss and home against Florida to finish up the season. I mean, I, not I, easy, but uh, not, I mean, not they'll easy, be clearly but, favored. But they've, I mean, they've played a so much, a, a so much tougher schedule than Tennessee. That Mississippi and Florida is almost like a, it's almost a break uh, at this point for them. So it's not, it's not a walkthrough. But I, I would expect if they win this game, that they're going to finish the the uh, the regular season. Uh, with just two losses in, in the SEC, four overall. And then it just depends on what they do in the tournament. I mean, as long as they don't lose in the first or second round, I'd say they're probably a, a one seed. I, I mean, I think Michigan State in, in North Carolina can – I mean, they've got some games down the stretch. Michigan State's got another game with Michigan. Yep. Uh, North Carolina's got a game with Duke. I don't know if an, if North Carolina sweeping Duke would be enough to knock Duke off the one line. That's right. It, yeah, hard. I mean that's it's, a good point. I mean we could see it if Duke loses another game. I don't think they will. They got Miami and Wake Forest, and then you know North Carolina. I mean, I mean personally, I'd knock Duke off the one line if North Carolina beat them twice. 
Uh, but I, I think the committee will think differently. And and also well, the players. We haven't heard anything about Zion yet. Let's discuss the other side of this. If if Kentucky beats Tennessee, does Tennessee fall off the two line? Uh, I would probably lean towards yes. With, I mean, with teams wow. like teams like LSU in that mix, yeah, you got in that mix, yeah, Houston, Purdue. Michigan, Texas Tech is on the rise, Nevada. It would be, yeah, I don't want to Nevada, I, but Nevada. I think Nevada is they're 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 hoping to get a four at this point, but uh, but yeah, I I think I could see Tennessee falling off that two line. Yeah, I mean they're not trending right. I mean another reason why I like Tennessee is because I think we're finally buying low, but we'll see. Maybe it continues to go lower. I mean, Michigan looked pretty good tonight. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I... Man, Houston is a two, I guess. I mean, the way they're playing, Purdue's playing well. You know, Marquette just su- suffered a loss. LSU's already got a win over Tennessee. Yeah, I, I-, I could see it if can, uh, Tennessee continues to struggle here. Uh, be interesting. I, I'll, and, and I'll say this, the one seed, I-, I think right now, I mean, Tennessee would have to win out. I mean, they could play themselves back to the one. Uh, but I think there's probably six teams legitimately battling for a one, Michigan State, North Carolina being the other two outside of Virginia, Duke, Gonzaga, and Kentucky. Any disagreement there, AJ? No, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And, and I have my doubts on Michigan State just because they're shorthanded. We've seen that the, the tournament committee you know, t- kind of take that under consideration. Oh, if they get Nick Ward back, maybe they actually reward them, but... Uh, right now, I think the the four teams we mentioned are pretty safe, unless Duke, uh, you know, loses again to North Carolina, and North Carolina might be favored if Zion's not playing in that one. Any closing thoughts on this? Uh, it's obviously the biggest game of the weekend. No, I'm I'm looking forward to watching it, man. I expect it to be more competitive than the first game. I I sure hope so. Well, no, you know, I, I'll take a 17 point Tennessee win. Well, I mean, why can't <laughs> you just take a one point Tennessee win and not be greedy and you know? Because that's a loss for Brad Powers. And Brad, Brad, Brad <laughs> uh, needs to win. On. I'll take a three point win. I think one of the most important things that AJ said was the fact that Tennessee was just knocked around when they played Kentucky. I mean, they just out physical them the entire game. And then I saw it again in the LSU game. They were pushing Tennessee all over the court, and the announcers mentioned it a couple times during the LSU game. And then we, we first heard that in the Kentucky first matchup. I think if that happens again here, you know, that immediately just plays into where Tennessee just goes, you know what? These guys are going to do the same thing again to us and start beating us up again. And, and the fact that Tennessee didn't show that they can go in there and take a punch in the mouth against a team like LSU really worries me. And that Shorthand was another, an LSU team. I know it wasn't a guy yeah, down low, was, but a guard. Yeah. Wow. Without their best player. Yeah. And lost. That and and not only big time. Not only, not only they did not have Tremont Waters. They got one point from Nas Reed. So the two best players mm-hmm. on their team gave got them a one combined point one lost, point. So. I mean, it's a concern. So. You guys are almost talking me out of a like, but you know, I'll, I'll stay I, strong here. I, I, I think what's interesting is that, if I remember correctly, Sleepy, the first time these guys played, Brad and I liked Kentucky, and you liked Tennessee. I did. Yeah. And you, you, you thought they were so efficient offensively that it, like the, the physicality wouldn't matter. And I think it's interesting that, that Sleepy's changed his his tune on how much recency that physicality bias. matters. Yeah, recency. And Esler I, was all over Kentucky. Well, Brad, R.J. Bell was you've on. You've changed. RJ, no, Esler was on Tennessee. R.J. Bell was on Tennessee. So was I. Yeah. yeah. I, I should have listened to me and A.J. But A.J. talked about the rebounding, and he said, you know, that that's going to be a big factor, and he was right. It was kind of, it was lopsided. And who had 11 rebounds in the game? Me, Travis, he's not there. Yeah, I don't he's know. He's part of uh, They got guys to replace. They got seven-footers right. in there to replace. All right. We'll, we'll see. This will be a good one. This will be a good game. 
Good bet between me and Sleepy. Again, recapping it there. Like for Brad Powers, Tennessee minus two. Like for Sleepy on Kentucky, plus two. A.J. Hoffman breaking the tie. Lean Kentucky, plus two. Moving on, uh, Big Ten action Saturday, Ohio State at number 14, Purdue. We'll call the Boilers a nine-point favorite here. Uh, It looks like A.J.'s got the strongest handicap here. He likes. Who is it, A.J.? Who do you like in this one? Uh yeah, I like Purdue, and uh, I was against Purdue last night, and they burned me. Uh, mm, me too. It, well, Illinois burned me. Uh, I had a plus 13.5 on Illinois. They foul down 13 with a minute left, so they, they apparently didn't know what side we were on. Uh, but this is just <laughs> this is one of these games where, you know, you talk about you like Tennessee because they've struggled against the spread lately. Uh, and you're, you're, you're thinking maybe we're getting them cheap. I mean, you can honestly say the same thing about Purdue. One and four in their last five against the spread. But Ohio State is just a trash can away from Columbus. They're two and five straight up and against the spread in conference play on the road. Those two wins, that one was Indiana during Indiana's tailspin, and one was Nebraska during Nebraska's tailspin. Uh, Purdue, though, just dominant at home. Six, two, and one against the spread. Nine and oh straight up at home in conference play. Purdue has won 10 straight home games by double digits. Mm, 10 games in a row they've won by double digits. In the first matchup, Ohio State shot 46% from three, 52% from the field. Ohio State was only minus one in turnover margin, and they still lost by 12 on their home floor. Ohio State played a really strong game and still got blown out at home. Ohio State is just just a bad matchup. They don't have the size to get it done inside against this Purdue team and they don't have the skill to beat the, the Boilermakers from the outside. I think Purdue controls their own destiny for a share of the Big Ten title at this point. They're motivated, and, and I, just, I just don't see how – I don't think Ohio State can keep it close with them on the road. Yeah, I mean, that, that's strong. I mean, there's no question about it. AJ's got the stronger handicap here. I'm leaning with the Buckeyes. Uh, you know, the difference between, I think, Purdue and Tennessee as far as buying low – I mean, Purdue's continuing to win these games. They're just not covering them. I mean, the, Tennessee's lost a couple games straight up here uh, during this stretch where, where they've gotten a little cold against the number. I mean, Purdue's still 12-1 and in their last 13 games. People like, uh, you know, they, they forget about the, the cash and tickets part. And, they, you know, a lot of times if they won the game, oh, I just came up close for laying that favorite, and they just would have made this bucket or that bucket. So I still think Purdue's a little pricey. Uh, Buckeyes, I think at least their claim to fame in this one, a win here, an outright win for the Buckeyes, I think would certainly clinch a dance ticket for them. Uh, nice, solid win for them. Maybe that gives them some confidence. The blowout win over Iowa earlier this week. But, you know, one factor that scared me from having as a like, AJ brought it up. I mean, when you can shoot 52% from the floor on your home floor and still find a way to lose by 12 that's concerning to me. I just, you know, to, to, to a little pull behind the curtain, when I was looking through my leans and likes, I was seeing this, favorite, 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 favorite. I'm like, man, I might get destroyed on Twitter as far as, you know, that, that's pretty square for a guy like Brad Powers. So I'm like, if there's a toss-up game for me, what dog would I maybe lean on instead of the favorite? And this was one of them, to be perfectly frank, a little pull behind the curtain. So just they lean on Ohio Should State. Should have been North Carolina State. 
Yeah, you know, I went back and forth on that one, to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. Yeah, that was one where I went back and forth. And here's another pull behind the curtain. Sometimes it's hard for me uh, to come up with advantages here, guys, uh, that are listening to this podcast. This isn't a football you know, pot preview podcast where we have already lines out for these games. And I could you know, go to town on the lines and, oh, that's mispriced there. That's mispriced. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, you know, I'm the, the deciding <laughs> factor for coming. I'm making these lines. I'm not making them, but here's my line projection on this. So, I mean, here's where I'd put it. Uh, so, I mean, of course, if this line came seven, all right, I like Purdue. If it came 11, okay, I like Ohio State, but I'm going to put the line at nine. Now I got to handicap it. So I, I'm putting a little bit of difficult position and let's also state that there's not a lot of college basketball podcasts out there. There's daily ones or whatever. I mean, that's easy. I wish we could do that. But the fact that we're doing these multiple days in advance makes it a little tough, especially since, you know, I'm kind of coming up and projecting the lines out here. Any thoughts, Sleepy, or are you passing this one? Because it is the Big Ten. No, you do have a tough job, but you're right. Uh, I hate the Big Ten. These are probably two of the teams I like the least, so I'm definitely Like right. the least? Yeah. I mean, Purdue's a good team. I know they're good, but it's just every time I mess with them, it's like it burns me. So it's like I, I just I have a bias against them. I have a bias against Ohio State going back to the beginning of the season. So that's one of the reasons why I just don't like the Big Ten. I have a, a yeah, bias but, against Ohio State, but it uh, it's in the, because of the Rose Bowl. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in the yeah. final minutes of that game? And, and since you liked it, AJ, any closing thoughts on this one? Yeah, I was just going to mention that I, I Purdue is actually a team that that I will probably like come tournament time just mm. because the way they're built. I, I, I love Carson Edwards, although he's played pretty poorly, you know, the, the last five or six games. And that's sort of been when Purdue stopped covering was around the time that Carson Edwards started struggling. But uh, they, they've got the uh, Matt Harms, the big man down low, who's, who's become pretty much a dominant shot blocker and, and just clogs up the paint. That, that's a, that, that team is interesting to me come tournament time. Yeah, and probably- Ohio State, not as much. Yeah, I mean, the Buckeyes are probably around in that 10-seed range. Purdue, I mean, if they continue to win, can maybe play themselves up to the two-line. But I think right now Purdue's a safe 3-4 choice. And, and I agree I with you. I think so, too. I think it's a, it's a good, solid, sweet 16 team. But, uh, again, the Boilers notorious for underperforming when it comes to uh, the, the tournament. What, Gene Cady? Did he ever get to the Final Four? Or if he did, it was like in the, what, late 70s, early 80s? And, Something like that. Yeah, and Painter hasn't been able to, to, to get the job done either. Great regular season team. Come NCAA tournament, a little bit different story. Again, recapping it, just a lean for me on the Bucks, like Purdue minus nine for A.J. Hoffman, sleepy passing. Moving along here. Actually, we, we got some sound on Dave Esler. Saturday, the LSU Tigers at Alabama. Projected line, LSU minus three, three and a half. LSU stock could not possibly be much higher than it is right now. And at some point, it's too high. It might be too high in Tuscaloosa on Saturday. Don't get me wrong. I love what Will Wade has going on in Baton Rouge. But this is still a very young team and a team that just played back-to-back overtime games. I think their youth is going to cost them at some point. They got three freshmen that see significant minutes. This is their 28th game over four months, or about half again what those freshmen played in high school last year. And LSU had eight-man rotation, which just adds to the potential fatigue. Aside from beating the Wildcats in Lexington, several of their road wins have been unimpressive. Four at Georgia, six at Missouri in overtime, six at Arkansas in overtime, which makes six overtime games this year. Alabama laid their home egg against Florida, who hit their stride recently, 
Given LSU's history of close games, Alabama laid their home egg against Florida, who is hitting their stride right now. But given LSU's history of close games and Alabama losing earlier this season at LSU, I'm going to play with fire and take the possession and a half with the tide because someone has to. All right, you heard it from Dave. A like on Alabama from Dave Esler. You know, obviously the guard for LSU, one of their best players, has been kind of in the news here. He's missed the last couple of games for the Tigers, even though they've been able to find a way to win, an upset win over Tennessee, and a non-covering win, thankfully. Hint, hint, wink, wink. I had A&M the other night. I had LSU uh, against Tennessee, and I wanted to buy my way out, and it was too late by the time I found out Tremont Waters wasn't playing. And then, of course, they covered anyway. But I, I, I got really lucky with that, too. You're in that area of the country. Uh, you, you broadcasting from uh, Houston. A- any word on whether or not he's going to play here? Because he's probably worth a couple points to the line. If he plays LSU, he's probably right around a three-point road favorite. Yeah, Will Wade uh, said he's got a weekly radio show. He said that, uh, that last night that Tremont Waters, will, Wednesday night, will be ready to go for Saturday's game against Alabama and Tuscaloosa. He said that um, he, he did an individual workout on Wednesday he practiced with the team today, and he says, I suspect if everything goes as planned and he continues to feel good, he'll be ready to go on Saturday. And, of course, he's their leading scorer. He's their leading assist man. He's their leading steals man. He, I mean, he's he's pretty key to that team. Yep, you, again, and I agree with you. Although, I'll say this as far as Dave is concerned, even if Waters plays, I agree with Dave. I'd lean Alabama, a team that can kind of play a big win for them the other night against South Carolina. And could almost, you know, get themselves off the bubble uh, with another big win. They're they're pretty much on the twelve line. If they beat LSU, they can probably play themselves mm-hmm. into the tournament. Moving along here, and again, that was AJ Hoffman. You can follow him on Twitter. Go, go ahead, AJ. Oh, I was going to say one of the things. You might be right because what what I've done a lot is is I look at how you know, when if a team's playing LSU or playing Kentucky I kind of see how they did against the other because I think those teams are so similar the way they're built and you don't see many of those teams that are that physical in the SEC and Alabama one of the teams that's got a win over Kentucky this mm. year but uh yep. LSU did but LSU did beat them by by 9 points uh in Baton Rouge early, right after that Kentucky game so uh some mixed results there but they are a team capable of, of playing with those physical teams proven by that that's AJ Hoffman again. You can follow AJ on Twitter at AJ is the real Sleepy J in the house. You can follow him on Twitter at Sleepy J underscore pregame. Again, I'm Brad Powers. Simply follow me at Brad Powers the number seven. Moving along, Big Twelve play on Saturday. Number eleven Texas Tech tied for first with Kansas State is at TCU. We'll call the Red Raiders a projected line right around four points here for Texas Tech. Looks like just a couple of leans here. I'll let AJ lead it off. Who do you lean in this one? Yeah, I lean with Texas Tech. I have no idea what TCU is these days. They've lost four out of five, including losses to the three worst teams in the conference, the two Oklahoma schools in West Virginia. And then they they beat Iowa State, just to make sure you're extra confused. Uh, Tech, they're a little more predictable. They've won eight of their last nine, the, the one loss coming at Kansas. But during that during that stretch, their road wins were over bad teams, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. So it's hard to say, well, they're past their road woes because they, the one road test that they had, they got just drubbed at Kansas. Uh, after that, they, Tech went on a run where they were 2-12 and 12 against the spread, and I was loving it. I was loving fading Tech as a, as a favorite because 
their games were so low scoring that even when they won, they were having a hard time covering the big numbers they were getting. And now, since then, they've covered six of their last eight. So the the market adjusted, and and now it may have to adjust again. But uh, they're still just three and four against the spread on the road overall. Tech leads the Big 12s in, tur- in, in turnovers forced, and only West Virginia turns it over more than TCU. This is another one of those games where the first game, TCU didn't play a bad game. They, they shot 45% from the field, nine points higher than Tech normally allows. Um, it, TCU played a solid game and still got blown out. That's They, they, still, lost, they still lost by 19. Uh, Tech limited... TCU's point guard Alex Robinson, who's sixth in the in the nation in assists, seven point seven point one assists per game. He had one assist in that first game. That's one of the things that the Tech did really well was that backcourt pressure and kept them from setting up their offense. I'm starting to think it's just a bad matchup for TCU, yeah. and it wasn't just a bad game stylistically. I think Tech presents some problems that a home court won't necessarily fix. So it's a lean to Texas Tech for me. Normally, I feel like I'd be looking for a revenge game in this spot, but I, I just think the matchup is problematic for for TCU. So I, I, I lean to Tech minus four. Yeah, and we've seen that in a series. At least the last five recent recent meetings, Texas Tech has went four zero and one against a number. You're right. I mean, TCU's been Jekyll and Hyde all year. I mean, they're already shorthanded. Uh, Jalen Fisher's been out for a while, but but that was one of their key guys and, and expected starter for them. They're off a three overtime loss to West Virginia, big travel spot too. I know they're coming back home, but I think stylistically, you know, and you kind of got into this a little bit. You know, offense for TCU, they're not great as far as turnover percentage goes. Texas Tech, elite in that area, number seven in the country as far as turnover percentage on defense. I think just without their expected point guard, who was Fisher, it's just a bad match. I mean, that's why I'm leaning Texas Tech. Obviously, it looked like they were looking ahead to this one with the overtime win over Oklahoma State on yep. Wednesday. I mean, it's basically best versus you know worst in the Big Twelve, and you know they had to fight, you know, scratch and claw their way to an overtime victory. So, yeah, I lean Texas Tech minus four, but. I mean, I'll be perfectly frank. I wouldn't be stunned if TCU won the game outright. Uh, it's just tough trusting the Horn Frogs, and I don't think it's a home run spot like you'd think. Any closing thoughts on this one, AJ? Well, when you say that the the Oklahoma State game was maybe a look ahead, it it also could have been a little bit of a hangover because that that game against oh, Kansas call. was huge for them, and you know they they just destroyed Kansas, so they might have been fat and happy coming into that Oklahoma State game and, and kind of sleepwalking, and it almost bit them. It certainly did, and I'm kicking myself for not having an Oklahoma State ticket there. Although, I mean, Oklahoma State had been that's dead. not a fun ticket. It's not a fun ticket. To no, buy. it's not. I mean, Oklahoma State's had, had a couple of big time blowout losses, and uh, sometimes if Texas Tech has a better view with that pressure defense, it's almost like I mean, a boa constrictor, they just squeeze you to death. And I, I thought there was a chance it could get ugly. And plus, you know, the market was all over it. I mean, wasn't it? I, I didn't think it was a uh, you know, and it, I would say they were factoring in Texas Tech being flat because it was probably a point, at least the closing number was a point and a half or so lower than what I expected. So. Uh, but still, <laughs> when, and, and uh, go ahead. The the other thing to consider in this in this game is you know we're t- we've talked about uh, I guess kind of a, a quite a bit actually. Well, what you know what these teams have to play for right now, and and Tech is still in a tie for first in the Big Twelve, and yep. uh, so 
every game right now is really important to them. But at the same time, maybe to TCU as well, because TCU at this point has to be considered. I mean, they've lost four or five. They've got to be considered a bubble team at this no point. No question. And, they're, they're, and, I would say they're on the 10 line or so. So, I mean, a win here's, here for TCU, and they can start talking themselves out of the bowl. But, I mean, if they lose, even though they'll be an underdog, I, I mean, uh, <laughs> the bubble's getting bigger, it seems like, to be honest. No one wants to play themselves off of it. Yeah, another thing to consider with them, they play uh, Texas Tech on Saturday. Monday, they get Kansas State. So not much of Ooh. a rest. And they get the two best teams in the Big 12 back-to-back. That's not good. Again, recapping it, both leans for AJ and myself on Texas Tech projected line. Red Raiders a four-point road favorite. Any closing thoughts? That's all I got, man. All right, man. Let's move along here. And, oh, by the way... We got a best bet from Mr. A.J. Hoffman. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. Not only a best bet from A.J. Hoffman, but also a double like from both me and Sleepy. Go, A.J., go. Who do you like in this one? Well, you guys made me feel a bit better. I, I, I was uh, sort of hesitant to make a best bet this week after last week. But uh, mine this week is going to be North Carolina minus five and a half on the road at Clemson. North Carolina, surprisingly, you know, a lot different than, than a lot of the top teams in the country. Surprisingly good on the road. Yep. More successful on the road than they have been at home. 7-0 and straight up and against the spread in ACC play on the road. They've got double-digit wins at Duke. Louisville and Wofford. I mean, those are all solid uh, road wins. They they had double digit wins at all three. Clemson hasn't covered back to back games against North Carolina since 2004, and Clemson won and covered in the second matchup from last year. So uh, it, this would be the first time in 15 years that Clemson beat North Carolina two times in a row. Uh, the bottom of the ACC got Clemson back on track. They lost three straight, but then they they the schedule was kind to them. They got Boston College and Pitt, and they got a couple double-digit wins. Clemson's been a home dog once this year, and they lost to Virginia by 20 points. They do have a home win against Virginia Tech, but that was back when Virginia Tech was just riddled with injury and just not the same team. And they they just got beat by 13 at home against Florida State. North Carolina, we talked about this in the last game, still a team playing for a lot. They're still in a first-place tie in the ACC. I don't see them letting their guard down here. I may look to fade North Carolina with a bigger number uh, the ne- next week when they go to Boston College with look ahead to Duke, mm-hmm. but this isn't the spot for me. Best bet, North Carolina minus 5.5 at Clemson. Yeah, you get full agreement from me. I got a like on North Carolina as well. I mentioned Clemson really struggling. I mean, it's kind of been a tale of two seasons for Clemson against the have-nots in the ACC and against the haves of the ACC. Against top 40 teams, Clemson's 1-8. and eight. They've only covered three of those nine games against top 40 teams. That's Ken Palm efficiency rankings. North Carolina, huge edge on the boards. Uh, you know, Clemson just is well below average when it comes to offensive rebounding. North Carolina is really good on the defensive side of the ball. You mentioned the series history. I mean, prior to Clemson beating North Carolina last year at home, I mean, North Carolina had won 15 out of 16 against Clemson and covered a majority of them. So, uh, I agree with you guys. This North Carolina team is trending upward. I thought the Florida State game was so impressive for them. I thought it could have been a flat spot uh, off the big Duke win. 
playing a Florida State team that had won eight games in a row. And, I mean, North Carolina just squashed them like a grape. Now, didn't cover like I expected uh, against Syracuse. But I thought I've had a pretty good feel over this Tar Heels team the last few weeks. Best bet against Duke. Uh, thank you know, thankfully for a shoe mishap for Zion Williamson there. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, I mean, I like North Carolina here minus the five and a half. Sleepy, do you make it unanimous? Yeah, of course I do here. UNC, they've had, you know, really good road success here, as AJ mentioned. They haven't lost a game since November the 28th, and that was against Michigan. Can't really hold that against them. Clemson really depends on their defense. I think the issue with this matchup, in fact, the Carolina, number three assisting team in the nation, number three scoring team, that's tough. It doesn't matter how good of a defense that you have. To slow down Carolina, you need you know elite-type defense. Clemson doesn't have that. Rebound battle, as you mentioned, Brad, I think that's going to be you know a pretty big gap when we look at the uh, final box score and the free-throw battle as well. I think it's going to be in favor of Carolina. I like Carolina here, minus a five and a half. Any closing thoughts, uh, AJ, with your best bet? No, I'm, I'm ready to go. Hey, we're rocking and rolling here. Again, recapping it, I like North Carolina, minus five and a half. Sleepy likes North Carolina minus five and a half. A.J. Hoffman says you can take your likes and shove it. I best bet North Carolina minus five and a half. Strong agreement there from the guys. I think last week when we all agreed you know, close to that strong, I think it was the Kansas game. So put that in your back pocket. Moving along to Saturday, uh, UCF at uh, number eight, Houston. Looks like Sleepy's got the strongest opinion here, but I'm going to start off with a guy that should know this Houston team better than pretty much any public handicapper out there. You broadcast a radio show, Drive Time, in Houston, the number four market in the country. You're also the program director. And, you know, besides that, married, kids, couple dogs, former MMA fighter, served the U.S. military, A.J. Hoffman. Give me the lowdown, UCF, Houston, projected line. Uh, l- l- let's call it, uh, Houston minus eight at home. Yeah, I I would I, I'm, I want to look for UCF to push the Cougs here. They're the team that needs a signature win to, to really improve their tournament chances, to guarantee that they're going to be a tournament team. But I, I what I have seen is you don't do well fading Houston. They are 11-4 and four against the spread in conference. Three of those ATS losses were by less than a possession. And the first matchup, we saw the Cougs jump out to an early lead, and UCF couldn't play well enough in the second half to get back in it. Yep. Uh, we talked about this on my show today. Taco Fall, only 19 minutes in that game, despite the fact that he went 5 of 6 from the field. He was having some some success, but UCF needed to crank up the tempo, and they had to take him out. I think if they're going to have success, they need to focus more on the inside game because Houston has an elite defensive backcourt Falls averaged 20.5 points and 12.5 rebounds over the last two games. So he's he's in a groove. I would expect them to try to go through him a little bit and at least keep this game close. UH, though, it's a deep team. They seem really focused on winning out and getting onto the two-line. UCF 6-0 against the spread since the first game against Houston, including road covers against South Florida and Cincinnati. It's it's just a lean for me because I don't want to get in the way of that, that Cougar bus but I'll lean with UCF plus eight here. I'll back clean up here, Sleepy. You like the other side in this one. You like Houston minus eight. Tell me why. I do like Houston here. And when I went through the box score from the first meeting, there's two things that stuck out to me, and it's the rebounds and it's the free throws. And it's hard to go ahead and go from when you play at home and you lose those two areas and you are significantly worse. UFC ranks 332nd in nation free throws. Now they're going to take that on the road. 
that was a big gap in the last game. It's going to show up here again. And I think Houston, obviously, number five in rebounds per game. That's going to show up again here uh, for UCF in, in the box score. I think they're just going to get manhandled in those two areas. And I think that's enough for Houston. I think Houston, obviously, can they if they lose a game, it really hurts them in, in the seedings when we go ahead and into the tournament. I really like Houston. I think they blow the doors off UCF. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough for Houston to get to the two line. I mean, I don't think they can lose again. But I think that they they clearly played themselves, I think, onto the three line. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts at least on that, AJ? Oh, I, I think if, I mean, if, even if they lose another game, I, I think they've got a good chance of being a three. Uh, I, I think two is the ceiling for them. I, I don't see, I mean, even if they, they went out and then win the AAC tournament, I don't see them getting to the one line. I don't think that's possible. But if they run the table the rest of the season, depending on what happens, I mean, we talked about Tennessee and what they've yeah. got going on. I could, I could see them getting to that two line. Uh, but I, I think two is two is the ceiling, and four is probably the floor for Houston at this point. Yeah, I agree there. Uh, I'll break the tie. I'll, I'll lean Houston here, and some of it is I liked UCF in the first matchup, but my goodness, uh, I mean AJ bro- broke it down and again. We 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 did uh, a little spot uh, segment on his uh, drive time show uh, this afternoon. I mean Houston just to me after watching that performance. Uh, just looks like a bad matchup for UCF. Uh, so I went ahead and uh, looked at uh, you know past history. I mean UCF uh, has covered seven of the last eight, four straight wins and covers. And, and keep in mind, Taco Falls a four year senior, so I mean he's been there for for most of it. So what Houston does, they just get out and run the floor. Taco Fall becomes a liability on the defensive end. You can't put him out there. And uh, Houston, to me, is a team that you think would be expensive. Because they got that lofty ranking next to their name, you know they're number eight in the country. They're twenty-seven and one, so I get it. They're very popular. They're a public pick, and yet they continue to cover these numbers. I mean, for the season, nineteen eight and one against the number, and it's not like they've gotten expensive as of late. In fact, they've even been better as of late against the number. So it's a Houston team that's soaring. I like this UCF team. And I hope to see Taco fall, a seven-foot-six seven guy, when it comes uh, to the tournament. We'll see. And they're firmly on the bubble. They need a big win. A win here probably puts UCF off the bubble and clearly into the tournament. Uh, but, but the reality is, uh, I mean, when you got a number right around eight, it comes down to free throw shooting. Sleepy mentioned it. UCF's terrible. Number 336 in the country is its free throw shooting team. I lean Houston minus eight. But it's not a like because... And we haven't talked totals too much as of late, but it'll be a lower total. It's tough to get margin uh, on a game that'll probably be priced 130-ish, uh, I'm guessing. Uh, I'll be right around the total here, maybe 132. That The earlier game did go over it, but I'm guessing 132 will be right around where the total is. Any closing thoughts on this one, guys? Well, I was going to ask you, what do you, what do you think of the American Conference as far as a multiple-bid conference? I mean, obviously... Uh... You, you've got two there in, in Houston and Cincinnati, and and I would say Central Florida, uh, Temple probably on the right side of the bubble right now, yeah. and South Florida probably on the wrong side of it, and Memphis probably the same way. Uh, I, I mean, you, how many teams do you expect the American to end up with? I think they should be happy if they get four. I, I think yeah. uh, I'm because obviously Houston since you're safe. UCF and, and Temple got work to do. I don't see a lot. I mean, Temple's got the big win over Houston, but UCF's got the, a little bit of the better record. Uh, both of those teams, I mean, can ill afford a bad loss. This wouldn't be a bad loss for UCF, but they really need a, a really good win. This would be it. But I think the conference should be very happy if they give four. 
I don't know if it's a slam dunk if they get it. Uh, you know, that something tells me one of these teams is going to play themselves off. So if I had to guess, well, I, I'd say they get three. Mm-hmm. What's great is last game of the season for for Temple is is UCF. Ooh, that could so be. Those, I mean, that could decide it, a tournament at large. It could no literally be a play-in game. Yep. And what if another on the bubble team who is a much bigger name gets a win? I think they could easily. Yeah, wins their conference. You know, yeah. eliminates a bid from a yeah. team that. Yeah, I I agree with that. You know, if a Wofford doesn't win their conference tournament, that that, that hurts teams like the, this. So, uh, yeah, I think well, three. Go ahead, AJ. I was going to say, I think there's other conferences that there's a good chance that, like the Ohio Valley, I, I could see Belmont and Murray State both making the tournament. You know, if it comes down to, you know, Murray State or or Temple and everyone's talking about John Morant, who's, you know, good a, call a, there. A, mm-hmm. a top five draft pick and people want to see that guy play, I could see the committee saying, you know what, let's give the OVC this extra bid instead of throwing in. Temple or UCF, a, a team that doesn't have you know a, the, an interesting player, and we've seen it. We've seen it happen in the past. We've seen it happen with Oklahoma, who they've gotten t- teams in the tournament literally because they have one player that people want to see. Yeah, Trey yeah, Young. Young last year. Oklahoma had no business being in the tournament <laughs> last year. None. Yeah. Zero team. I mean, but they were like over against the number in, in, in the the year the 2018 calendar year for like 15 games straight. Yeah. Yep. But but Morant, uh, and I mean Murray State and Belmont both have the resumes that could yep. say, okay, I could see this team being an at-large team. So it wouldn't surprise me if a team like that, uh, it, that you know, I mean, unless a, unless a third team wins that conference, which is is unlikely. I mean, like an Austin P or, or Jacksonville State. But uh, I imagine if if one of those two teams wins a conference, the other one gets in. And that hurts these teams or these conferences like the American who want to get four teams in. But it is a, a weaker bubble. It's a it's a weaker bubble than I it's agree. been in the past. So there's there's some bad teams that are going to make the tournament. And just recapping again, like for Sleepy on Houston, lean on Houston minus eight for me, lean UCF from the guy that broadcasts daily from Houston. Keep that in mind. That's A.J. Hoffman. All right, moving along here, just a few more games to go. We're going to move to the Big 12 here. Saturday action. Baylor at number 16, Kansas State. And looking at the notes here, oh my goodness, we got another best bet. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. Should come as no surprise. They've been a team that I've had a few times on uh, these podcasts. One, one, lost one with them. I'm going back to them. I like the spot here. I'm going to take Kansas State minus six. Let's call the buy price uh, on uh, Kansas State up to eight, crossing through a relatively key number seven. Uh, it'll be tough because the, the, this total is going to be lower. But here's the spot here for Kansas State. I just think it's overwhelming. I mean, obviously, Kansas State got crushed. Not really that surprised. I thought it was a bad spot for Kansas State in their last game. On the road to Kansas, Kansas needed the game like blood. Kansas State shot 31.5% from the floor. Second worst performance of the season for them. And again, that game was on Monday. Monday, this game's at home on Saturday. Meanwhile, the opponent for Kansas State in this one, again, best bet Kansas State for me, Baylor. Baylor just had a game on Wednesday night. Wednesday night, this game's on Saturday, Baylor's traveling, had a game where they had to rally from 19 points down to win in overtime over Texas. Big win for them. Uh, gets them 
you know, I'm not thinking that Baylor was on the bubble, but firmly probably cements their status to a team that can lose a few more games and still feel safe come selection Sunday. So maybe an exhale out of Baylor after getting that big win, come from behind win against Texas. Kansas State needs the game. I mean, they're tied for tech with Texas Tech for the Big 12 lead. Keep in mind, Kansas State has never won a Big 12 regular season title outright. They still have hope there. You know, outside of the Kansas loss and the inexplicable game against Iowa State from a couple weeks ago, I mean, Kansas State's just been the most consistent Big 12 team, especially since Dean Wade returned. I mean, they're 10-3 and three in their last 13 games, both straight up and against the number. I just, the spot's too good for me to take Kansas State here. I'll take Kansas State minus six. Best bet for me. I like it up to eight. What say you, Mr. A.J. Hoffman? You get agreement from me. Kansas State, 5-0 and straight up and against the spread. Their last five games versus Baylor. Um, yep. The first game, it was 70-63 win, but the game was back and forth. Baylor was only down three with like 35 seconds left. Uh, Makai Mason didn't play that game, but I'll, I'll tell you this, and, and I, was, I was way off of Baylor once Makai Mason got hurt, but Makai Mason, since he won the, uh, the Big 12 Player of the Week, Boy, he's been a disaster. He's missed two games, and in the five games that he's played, so out of those the seven games since then, it might be a positive that he missed that game. Uh, Mason has shot 14% from the field and 14% from three-point range over wow. his last five games. Since since his since he's gone into the tank, the Bears are five and three straight up, but just one and seven ATS, double-digit loss at Texas Tech double-digit loss at Texas, and they were on their way to a blowout loss to Texas at home before that comeback that you talked about, and they got a one-point win in overtime. Kansas State, on the other hand, 11-4 and against the spread in conference. They are one of the most consistent teams in the country since conference plays started up. And after their last two losses, Kansas State responded with an 18-point win and a 14-point win. They, they come back strong uh, coming off a loss, and they got embarrassed in, in that game against Kansas. They're still tied for first. They, they've got they've got games against the bottom four in the conference with TCU and Oklahoma coming up. Baylor is the last real test between them and at least a share of the Big 12 title. I expect a big bounce back from one of the most experienced teams in the country. I'm right there with you. I like Kansas State minus six a lot. In fact, it was my second choice for best bet this week. Oh wow! Yeah, I like your. Yeah. I almost like your handicap better than mine, and I, I'm the one with the best bet on it. Any thoughts, Sleepy? I'm just glad that you guys recap my best bet. Sounded good. All those Kansas, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, the Kansas, like yeah, yeah. I I know quite a few people that were on Baylor the that other night. That was a triple like, right on the uh, on Kansas last that week. That was yeah. that was. So I mean, I I feel like I have a decent pulse. Uh, the only game that I've really missed on Kansas State as of late was the Iowa State game. It was a best bet here. Uh, I've had a couple- Iowa State's a they're. There, you can't you can't predict Jekyll what and Hyde team, do. and you know it, re, hindsight's always going to be twenty twenty. Wade got hurt late. I think Kansas State, not that they were going to win or cover, but they were down four at that point. There was at least a chance. So you're telling me there's a chance? I, you know, hindsight, Iowa State had a week off, and you know, a bad pick on my part. One, one of my two losers so far as far as the best bets. But I think I got a winner here. Uh, I just the the spots too good, and the matchups too good. I'm hoping we get six. It's a little difficult to handicap it because so many where there's been a lot of moving parts for both teams when it comes to the injury. Uh, you know, Dean Wade for Kansas State in and out of the lineup. 
uh, Carter Diera, uh, he's been in and out. Makai Mason, he's missed. Kim McClure uh, has been in and out, obviously. Uh, you know, Baylor's also without one of the, their top players that's been for an extended period of time. So I'm hoping it comes six uh, or six and a half. Again, I do like it up to eight here. Kansas State, best bet for me. And a few more games. Any closing thoughts on that one? Nope. All right, let's keep it moving here. Uh, this is a big one. Probably the, the game of the year in the Mountain West. Saturday night, number 12, Nevada at Utah State. I'm just looking here. We got some disagreement here. Uh, we'll call it Nevada, a two-point road favorite. I'll let A.J. Hoffman lead this one. Who do you like in this matchup? I like Utah State. They, they're they coming off a, a huge win. They they never beat San Diego State in Mountain West play before. And they they know with that win, they control their own destiny to win the Mountain West. They are 13-1 and one straight up, 9-4 and four against the spread at home. And Nevada's won and covered five straight in the series, uh, including the blowout win earlier this year. That was a 72-49 game. The Aggies, their worst game of the season by far. Shot 27% from the field, 17% from three, both season lows. They averaged 47% and 33% on the season. So you're talking about a 20% lower than average field goal at night and a 16% lower than average three-point night. Yep. They also turned it over a season-high 20 times. They had the second-fewest assists on the season at eight. They they just got blown out. Nevada, not competitive against San Diego State or New Mexico on the road. They almost lost to a horrible Boise team on the road. They're good. They're just not as strong away from home. Utah State... 62% against the spread at the spectrum over the last three years. I think Utah State's in this game until the end if they aren't able to win outright. Utah State, I, I, that's what that's the uh, the play for me. I like them. Sleepy, who do you like? I like Nevada here, and I think the reason is that a lot of people don't respect Nevada's defense, uh, number 50 in the nation. And when they play defense, when they want to or when they actually need to, uh, they really can hurt teams, and, and they had to play defense against what Utah State, and they showed how good they can be. Uh, last night didn't matter. Played UNLV just running up and down the court. I kind of expected that. But I got a question for you guys, and this is something that I haven't really thought with many teams throughout the last couple of years, but do you guys feel like Nevada's just going through the motions? Like they just want to get to the tournament. I don't think they want to lose any more games and just get there. I think they still want to have a rather good seed. But for some reason, I watch this team play, and they could just put up a ton of points on you, but they just don't do anything that's flashy. They, there's nothing coming out of there saying, you know, we want to be the number one seed or, or anything crazy like that. It just seems like they're just going through the motions. And I think this is the game that stops them, or last night against UNLV, their big rivalry game, that stops them from looking like they're going through the motions. Now I think it's time where they say, tournament's coming up it's go time let's start putting a game together i mean they put up damn near 90 points last night which you know i i kind of predicted that i think they could put up another big point total against utah state and if they play defense the way that they're capable of they will go into utah state and win that game outright yeah i agree they haven't had to look the part i mean i'll say this and i'll break the tie i'm i'm with aj i lean utah state here and keep in mind aj's gonna be in town Sleepy, you know. I heard. I heard he won a couple weeks. You owe him some dinners. He's flying in just for that, or no? Uh, Yeah, I lost those dinners back. He's yeah. He gave those back last week. But you guys, you're on the opposite side here, so you might be owing AJ. Oh, dinner bet. All right, I'll I'll take a dinner bet. All right, yeah, I'm down. down. What what am I laying? You're laying two on the road. Ah, Short number. That's easy. All right. 
Yeah, we'll see yeah. how easy. I mean, we'll when I say easy, this is the, Nevada's toughest game of the season. That's how no, easy no the doubt. schedule's that, been for Nevada. That, I mean, they haven't played anybody. This is their only road game against a top 40 team. And that's another reason why I actually like Nevada is the fact that they haven't had to play anybody. Now they actually have to focus, and that's what I'm mm. saying. Has it seemed like they haven't had to focus? But you, I got, agree with that, that they just could roll out there and beat most teams. But, I mean, this is why this is more, a lot of times, more art than science. I mean, there's two ways that look at it. I, I'm worried when I don't see that. Similar to Tennessee against Kentucky from a couple weeks ago. Yep. Hadn't played anybody. And then when you finally get punched in the mouth, you don't know how to react. Or, like you said, Sleepy, I've seen this too, where you can finally get motivated for a game. It is a relatively short number. I think it's going to be a pros or shows. Game. What about a a Utah State letdown after that big win that they haven't had? In a while? Now and you got number twelve. Utah State's got in? a chance. They've got a chance to. Yeah, they they're playing. That's their biggest game of the year coming up today, and or coming up in this one. And I, I mean, obviously the San Diego State win was big, but it was only big because it gave them a chance to play this game, which is essentially yep. who's going to win the Mountain West. So had had they lost that game. I could see Nevada winning here. Like so I would be more worried about Utah State had they come off a loss and not had a chance to win the Mountain West. But coming off that win, knowing they've got a chance to win the Mountain West, uh, and this is the best Utah State team they've had in a while. And I think Nevada all year long, I, I, I've not been – I mean, I, I, I'm not saying they're a bad team, but I, I just didn't get behind them being you know this, this top ten team in the country because – I think a lot of it was based off what they did last year, and they brought a bunch of guys back. But what they've done this year, I mean, the record is nice, but literally their best win all season long is a neutral court win over Arizona State. Yep. If that's and the your Utah best State win, game, killing yeah. them like they did. Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I, that's fine. But, I mean, you, you just that's that's not much of a resume. And I, I'm, I'm not willing to say you're, you're a top t- ten team. If that's your resume, but I haven't seen Utah State beat anybody either. Yeah, I mean, San Diego State, State was they, impressive. I thought, and, yeah. and they they beat they beat the dog snot out of St. Mary's early in the season. So I I, I don't know. They they played Houston tough. Uh, I I just I've I don't know, I'm not saying I've seen a lot out of them either. But no one's been putting Utah State in the top ten all season long. Fair enough. I will say this: Nevada's been covering. I mean, look, you're paying a premium on been. this team. Uh, you know, and, and give them credit. I mean, they got a winning record when it comes to, you know, against the spread for the season. You're in the state of Nevada. You can bet on this team. They've been public. It's not like they've come out of nowhere. They were a team that made the run last year, returned everybody, top 10 at the start of the season. So I'll give them that. They've handled their business relatively well. But, again, haven't played anybody. And I'm anxious to see what matchups are come NCAA tournament. I, Nevada could be a team I could see going to the Sweet 16. Bad matchup. They could be out round one. When- if it's a bad one, so I'm with you. Yeah, and it, what I'd really like to see is Nevada take on a team from a Power Five conference that's played an elite schedule, got a bad record. We get that price inflation because people are going to be like, "Oh, no, Nevada, thirty-one and two. Uh, you know, they're playing a team that's eighteen and fourteen. Give me Nevada." So we'll see what what, what happens there. Again, recapping it, like on Nevada. For Sleepy, he's with the, the Joes, the pros, A.J. Hoffman, like Utah State. What the hell? I'm a like Utah State plus two. I can you, don't, only, you don't have to bet, I know. I'm only allowed to eat one dinner at a time. Okay. Oh, one dinner at a time. Ooh, nice. Nice. Yeah, but you could, you, could bet, you could bet that $100 tip. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> well, is that a dinner or you, you want to go a hundo? No, I like dinners. 
Nice. <laughs> uh, any closing thoughts on this one? No, that's all I got on that one. All right. One more game left. It is the Sunday game. Pretty big game here. We got number nine, Michigan, at number 17, Maryland. I'm going to call this one right around Pickham, although you know I could see Michigan being a one-point favorite now, uh, although they were missing one of their guys tonight. It looks like he's going to be out at least. You know, Charles Matthews, he, he's not their best player, but he's a key mm-hmm. player for them. He's he's probably out. I mean, we are taping this on, on Thursday. He went out in the Michigan State game, and he did not play tonight, and the blowout went over Nebraska. I mean, they murdered Nebraska. So I before the podcast, I projected it to pick. It wouldn't surprise me if Michigan went one-point favorite. Correct me if I'm wrong, Sleepy, but you haven't had a best bet. Michigan at Maryland. We'll call the line right around Pickham. Who do you have a best bet here? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Michigan. No music needed here. I actually think that Maryland's probably one of the most overrated teams in the nation. Some people have them in the top 25. I don't. I think their non-conference schedule was a joke. Yes, they played Virginia. They played them at home. They ended up with you know a, a tight game, a couple-point loser there. But look at their non-conference schedule. Really haven't played anybody all year. I mean, Brad, I look through their, their schedule quickly, and I don't see any real win in there that, that tells me that they're actually all that good. And their last couple games, I mean, barely beat Iowa. Lose to Michigan. Okay, no, it's Michigan. But then you go on the road and you get crushed by Penn State. I can only see Michigan going off here in this game as a favorite. I would be willing to lay up to minus two points, maybe even two and a half with Michigan here. I like what Michigan did against Nebraska. Big blowout win. I just don't trust Maryland. I don't think they're that good of a team. And when you put them up against a team like Michigan, the better of the two teams will shake out no matter where this game is played. So I really like Michigan. I'm not going to get stat heavy. I just think that they are the far superior team. You might be on to something as far as the non-conference. Forget the Virginia game. If you just go to Kempom and look at non-conference strength of schedule, it's my reliable source for something like that. You know, you're on to something there, Maryland number 318 in the country. And that means number 318 means soft, not strong non-conference schedule. Problem. Well, Mich- while Michigan's you're, while number three one three. While you're at Ken Palm, I was gonna say, take a look at Michigan's. <laughs> yeah, Michigan's three one three. So I, I took a peek on the Wolverines on that well, one. But Michigan did. I don't know how that is because Michigan played Villanova and North Carolina. Yeah, I know. That's conference. what I was thinking. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, I, you yeah. know, they, I mean, the rest of their games must have just been sleepwalked. No, you know what it is. It's like they play. Uh, Maryland had like Loyola. Chicago in there, Seton Hall. It was like, hey, you know, borderline teams there. But, again, Michigan dominated a lot of the teams on their non-conference. Binghamton hurt Michigan. Yeah. That, that wasn't good. George Washington's I, terrible. I, I think and, – and Maryland – I think Maryland played like Hofstra and Seton Hall who – I mean – those teams have ended up being pretty decent, so that may boost theirs a little. But, I mean, I, I, let's face it, neither, neither one of these teams played like a complete non-conference schedule. But the Big Ten is as tough as it is, and, and that's kind of why I lean towards Maryland here. I, I, I just, And it's not strong. I, I just, Maryland's a team that I want to be on when they're at home, and I want to fade them on the road. Michigan, I feel the same way. When they're at home, I tend to be on them. When they're on the road, I, I tend to be against them. And Michigan has this Maryland game sandwiched between the home and home with Michigan State. And after what just happened against Michigan State, my guess is Michigan's got a little bit of a look ahead to Michigan State again. Yeah. Uh, they they batter. Won that, yeah, they should. The Michigan won that first game 65-52 uh, over Maryland. That game was over five minutes in. Michigan jumped out to a 14-2 lead. And Maryland is just not the type of team 
built to play from behind. They're they're 220th in the country in three pointers made. They're 254th in the country in tempo. They their team they're a front runner. They need to they need to at least be close in the game for their style of basketball to work. But Maryland 7-0 at 7-0 at home in Big Ten play. That they've got one of the stronger home court advantages in the country. I'm going to take Maryland in a pick here. I I, I do think I'm going to get some points with it. But either way, I, I like Maryland here. I lean. I don't like. I, I lean towards Maryland here in this game. Boy, sleepy. Mm, I got a like on Maryland. And again, I got it a pick. And I did it before the final <laughs> of this Michigan-Nebraska game. And I'm thinking I'm going to catch points here. I mean, Michigan's just different at home. Outside of the freaking Michigan State game, of course, when uh, I like Michigan in that game. I mean, it's their only home loss in, what, 24 going back to last year. Dominant performance tonight for the Wolverines on their home floor. But like AJ mentioned, away from home, they're average. Three and three, last six. I mean, losses to, you know, blowout losses to Iowa and Penn State. And, you know, I I think Maryland's better than both of those teams, even though those two teams have been relatively hot. I think we're buying Maryland low off their worst performance of the season, a blowout loss to Penn State. So I'll take that, and I didn't even factor in that Michigan State's on deck for Michigan. You would think that they'd peek ahead after that abysmal, abysmal effort that they had in the second half at home against the Spartans last Sunday. I'll take Maryland as a like, and you have another bet on your hands, Mr. Sleepy. So you Jay, guys, I'll let you close it up, though. So you guys think that Michigan loses the game? Yeah, I do think they, they lose the game. So where, where do they go in the seeding if they lose? And then, and as AJ just said, they have to play Michigan State on the road. I think Michigan can play themselves down to a three seed. I, I think right now they're on the two line, and I think uh, they could play themselves easily to the three seed. What, what say you, Mr. AJ Hoffman? Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel the same way. I feel like whoever wins that second game between Michigan and Michigan State, that both those teams are in that two three range for me. Uh, I, I think that it'd be hard to imagine either one of well, Michigan State. I could see them being a one seed if things go the right way for them and they do well enough in the tournament. But Michigan, I think their cap is probably a two, and their 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 floor is probably a three. Yeah, I agree with that. So I, you just think they're motivated? I I think they have to be motivated. You can't afford to look ahead and go, oh, we have to get back at Michigan State and just sleepwalk through a Maryland team, and then you get crushed. Where do they go now? Now you got to go on to Michigan State and try to get up again. Oh, you get beat again. All of a sudden, you're you're twenty five and six going into the Big Ten tournament. It's no guarantee that they're going to win that tournament, which I don't think that they will. And then where do they fall? You guys think three? I think they could fall maybe even further if they go and lose these two games, go into the tournament and end up losing a the game there. It's like it's just not a good look for Michigan. I think if they're going to lose one of these next two games, both of them on the road. Let it be Michigan State. It's not going to hurt them that bad. It's against Michigan State. Oh, it'll hurt them. In the, have you ever been to that state? That is the right. Forget Michigan, Ohio State. When it comes to football, obviously, it's Michigan, Ohio State. Basketball, it's Michigan, Michigan State since yeah, but Izzo does, showed up. But does it hurt them in the rankings? Or which which loss is going to Yeah, I agree with more? that. That it wouldn't be. They're going to be a dog in Michigan State. There's no question, right? About so, that. I'm, are they going to? Even, how far would they? Slide they would down? not drop. They Very would, little. If right? they beat Maryland and uh, and lost to Michigan State, I mean, depending on, they really, really wouldn't drop that much. And what if they lose? What if they lose against Maryland and Michigan State? Obviously, they would drop. So I, easily to the three line. Right. So I don't think they can afford to. I mean, they just had a layup against Nebraska. I really think they go in in the Maryland game saying. This is a must-win situation for us right here. We need to win this game. And then we'll figure out Michigan State, which is six days down the road after the Maryland game. So I really like Michigan here. I just I don't think they're going to overlook this team at all. And I, I just don't think Maryland's a 
anywhere near as good as Michigan right now. That is Sleepy Jay. You can follow him on Twitter at Sleepy Jay underscore pregame. AJ Hoffman coming from Houston. Any closing thoughts tonight, AJ? Yeah, I, I, the more I, I've I've thought about that uh, that that the way that game's going to shake out and the importance it, we've talked about it in previous podcasts, the importance of being a top four seed in that Big Ten tournament because those those are the teams that get the double buys. Maryland right now they're in control of their own destiny to make to get that top four seed. A win here. Uh, I think seals them a, a top four seed. So they're, that's a team that's going to be motivated. So that's so it'll be Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, and Maryland. Yeah. Okay. And the the other team that's got a chance Wisconsin? to jump in there is yeah. Wisconsin. All right. Uh, uh, they're overrated it, it, too. I, I I think so as well. But Wisconsin's got three games left. Uh, if you think Wisconsin's going to win out, it's a different story. And then it's going to come down to their their head to head games, but. Uh, which I'm I'm pretty sure they split. So, uh, but Maryland's got to win this game if they want to have a shot at that. Fair enough. That's AJ Hoffman. You can follow him on Twitter at AJ is the real. Just recapping you here. Best bet, sleepy. You just heard him. He'll take Michigan on Sunday. Pick him spot for the Wolverines. Best bet for AJ Hoffman. Saturday game going strong. North Carolina minus five and a half. Best bet for old Brad Powers. Kansas State, minus six on Saturday as well. Sleepy, you got a closing thought? Yeah, you know what? We got some pretty good run out of our senior night kind of deal that we did last Oh, podcast. yeah, yeah, we did. And Who'd you I, find? What I did was I actually manually went through all 353 teams, went through and found every senior for every team and made up a <laughs> That's list. That's a project. Right. It took me about four hours. But I figured, you know what? Our listeners could probably you know get some benefit out of it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to post that stuff on my twitter account tomorrow and i'm gonna have about 19 teams that have seven seniors or more and i was actually looking i only had a couple minutes to actually do this today before i came here to look at some senior nights and there are some coming up this week and actually next week that i think we actually might be able to use that information so uh, i'm going to put that up there and hopefully you know our, our listeners will find some value in that and follow you on twitter how sleepy CPJ underscore pregame look for that information you can listen to aj hoffman if the podcast isn't enough you guys put your stuff up, your daily show, right? Yeah, our, our podcasts are up every day. Every day? Show's, and called, a, the, show's called The Blitz on ESPN 97.5 in Houston. Oh, I heard of that before. Oh, yeah. It's very popular. Yeah, yeah RJ's been on it. He's, he's that's, how, yeah. that, that's AJ. And, of course, guys, if you need premium selections, we go over, and it's important to say here, I mean, we're going over ranked teams. I would say a majority of my plays – you know, most weeks, some weeks I do like the stuff. I mean, as far as the premium card, always the best bet makes the premium. No question about that. A lot of times the likes make the premium card. But those are the smaller conferences would actually offer up a lot of times more value. So, uh, you know, it wasn't value on Wichita State tonight, but we'll see moving forward. Uh, so if you want to check out any of the premium selections, you can check out A.J. Hoffman, Sleepy J, myself, and uh, that, that'll do it, I think, for the, the Dream po- Preview Podcast, number eight, College Basketball Edition. We'll be back with you guys first thing Monday morning, recapping best bets as we get in to the first week of the smaller conference tournaments. Talk to you then. Enjoy your weekend.